From the bingo halls of yesteryear to the bright lights of today's arenas, you're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys. Most of the time, it takes uh, it takes two to tango. Both people giving their absolute best, putting on one hell of a performance. Uh, Mitch, I, I'm bringing new dad energy to the table. You're going to be hosting the rest of the show, bud. I'm uh, <laughs> between watching as many indie shows as possible and uh, living life three hours at a time with the little dude. It's uh, it's your time to shine, bud. Well, we're we're a couple weeks in. How are you adjusting? I feel like I'm doing good. Little guys sleeping like 18 hours a day, which is like not yeah. gonna last forever. Yeah, but they they do that now, so enjoy it while you can. I know. I'm already back at work, um, which has been a bummer. It just makes me want to be back at home. Uh, my wife's doing awesome, dude. She's a fucking hero. Um, I know some people are probably like cringy whenever someone's like praising their wife like that, but dude, she's she's awesome. She's uh, letting me get some sleep at night. That way I'm not a total wreck when I go to work, but you know, I don't know. It, it's weird. He... Uh, He's watching wrestling with me. He's uh, we're just hanging out. It's 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 good times. Now talk to me in a couple weeks whenever he refuses to sleep, dude. He's already like fighting sleep, uh, so it's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. How about you? How are you doing? All right. It's got out for a nice little round of disc golf before this. Things are gonna start picking up at the track again soon. What's Still- the weather like up for you? You know what? It's still winter, but it's changing. Um, there are patches of land where I can see grass now instead of snow. Okay. <laughs> so we're making progress. That's um, a step in the right direction. I yeah. did get a phone memory um, right after I got home from April 3rd last year when I was out playing and there was no snow and it was grass everywhere. So, you know, a little, little bittersweet, but... Oh, well, I can't control that, but it'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. Speaking of wrestling, there has been uh, a (laughs) lot of it the last week. We have a lot of stuff to get through. Aren't you glad we didn't try to do the thing like we did our first year where it's like, we're a brand new show. People are counting on us to watch everything. Um, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed not hating my life come, you know, Monday? Yeah, I, I enjoyed not being burnt out for Dynamite this week and actually still looking forward to it. Dude, I cannot wait to talk about Dynamite <laughs> compared to the rest of the stuff that we saw this last weekend. Uh, Yeah, I might be throwing out uh, some real strong takes. Well, let's, uh, let's start with the one that we were probably most excited about, Supercard of Honor. Oh, I thought you were going to start with the grandest one of them all. Or no. talking about the potential... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to try and go somewhat chronological here for... What? One of the biggest things in wrestling history started. And you're like, Supercard of Honor, let's go. Okay, all right, Supercard of Honor, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, what the fuss is about? <laughs> 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 So highlights, lowlights, big picture thoughts. I mean, for me, the uh, the kingdom showed out big time in that ladder match. I was really impressed with the the effort they put forward. I actually yeah. thought the the six man tag with uh, 
the embassy over delivered for what I expected. Um, I know we have a few friends that are really, really low on Blake uh, Christian, but I thought he looked decent here. I'm coming around on him. Well, you better get used to him because I don't think he's going to be going to WWE anytime soon. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think we'll get into. I don't think there's going to be many people going there. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people leaving. But anyway, okay. We'll get the, I, we'll again, get I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight you on this. <laughs> We're dancing. You're. You're. I. I asked you to take the lead. We're taking the lead. Let's do super card. Um. One of kind of like my New Year's resolution for this year was to not worry about what other people are saying about wrestling and just enjoy what I think about wrestling. Mitch, am I on a fucking island here? People said that they hated this show. I don't get it. I mean, the first thing we have to look, let's let's just acknowledge the the muted elephant in the room. That was one of the worst crowds we will ever hear for a Ring of Honor event. I don't know what like, was up with that Los Angeles not. crowd, but that they was, fucking sucked. Yeah. And if I'm Tony Khan, I'm never bringing Ring of Honor no. back there again. Hundred percent, like that was. Um, that's I think the I, life out of a lot of it. I think the majority of it had to do with the finish of uh, two of the title matches. Mm-hmm. People are really upset that Mark Briscoe didn't win, and people are really upset that Eddie Kingston didn't win. But dude, I. I, I thought both were awesome. It showed that Mark's not ready to be a singles competitor, which fucking makes sense because he just lost <laughs> his brother not that long ago. I mean, am, am I going insane here? Like, the best part of the match was that he couldn't go anymore and went back into his corner to try to tag out, and was his brother sick. wasn't there. That was sick. That was the but... fucking best spot of any show I saw all weekend. We're going to talk about WWE and their storytelling for WrestleMania. Fucking nothing was as good and as heart-wrenching as that moment. And then guess what? He had to keep pushing forward and he's not there yet and Joe beat his ass. Like it I think that's an awesome story and honestly him winning the TV title this soon in front of that crowd oh. In hindsight, that would have been the wrong decision. But it's like, dude, imagine we get to something like a Hammerstein and Mark goes for the TV title. God forbid for the world title. I mean, same for Eddie Kingston. You can have either one of them go for the world title in front of a hot crowd, and it's going to be one of the greatest moments in ROH history. I wonder if there's a really big venue they could piggyback off of for Mark Briscoe's big moment. I'm drawing a blank right now. Maybe it'll come up later in the show. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, my, my only actual complaint with that match had nothing to do with Mark and nothing to do with the finish. It's just... Joe's getting up there, man. It was a good performance from him, all things considered. We've talked about right. it before. That yeah. was the difficult part, is it was like, I loved the story they told with Mark. I didn't really believe Joe's side of it as much as I wanted to. So I think that would be my my one kind of critique on that one. But I did dig that batch. People are really going to hate this. I think it should have been a squash. Like more than it was. I think Mark should have gotten his fucking head kicked in. See, I kind of pictured something like a similar dynamic to Omega Osprey, where like Mark hung around for a while, like Osprey hung around. But he had no real shot. But he just got the shit beat out of him. 
Like, I, yeah, I just don't know never if... really was winning that match. Like, no. That, no, 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 that type of shit kicking, not a 30 second shit kicking. No, I mean, how this match, I think this match was sub 10, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quick. It was like nine or 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would have gone a little bit. Le- I mean, I, I, I mean, he went for the J driller. Like, all of this is mm-hmm. there. Whenever it will work, like, or whenever it happens, it will work. It's just, we got to be patient. And I know people aren't ready. Like they hate hearing that because it feels like we're cutting, especially Tony Khan, a ton of slack whenever we don't get a result that we don't like. It's like, well, let him cook. And I feel like he's fucking earned that right because we're what? Almost four. Yeah. We're in year four of him doing AEW. He pays off the stories that he's telling. He does. You look at all of it. People were worried about MJF Wardlow going on as long as it is. The elite storyline going on as long as it is. Like he he pays this stuff off. It just takes time and it makes the payoff even better. And so, like, and Claudio beating Eddie Kingston was the fucking right move, unless you're just going to get the Blackpool Combat Club out of Ring of Honor. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought, uh, yeah, we talked was, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I would have been fine with that. But again, imagine Eddie Kingston winning his first world title and it's in front of this oh God, dumb fucking crowd. crowd. I didn't like him losing on a roll up. I don't like killing your main event, like ending your main I, event. I didn't. On a roll so up. I'm going to defend that too. I like the fact that Eddie kicked out at one but was still desperate enough that he went for the roll up because he needed it. And then Claudio just reversed it and Eddie couldn't kick out. So it was basically Eddie just bit off more than he could chew. And it showed you how like fucking tired he was. Now, if Claudio like kicked him in the dick and rolled him up, like, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. But it was the fact that it was like, it was a counter to what Eddie was doing. So it, it worked. I thought this show ruled dude. Like the, the commander vikingo match was a ton of fun even though again there's some stuff with vikingo where it's just like i i watch vikingo and i get the same vibes that i did with early osprey where i was like yes the moves are immaculate like it's so fucking fun but when he gets the rest of this and becomes like a well-rounded wrestler we're talking about one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and I'm I'm waiting for one of these luchadors. Like, there's a ton of them out there, but like one of these dudes is gonna just like pull off a double shooting star, like it's nothing, <laughs> and we're all gonna lose our minds because gravity doesn't work like that. Like, this show was awesome. Um, I I really don't understand the hate. Uh, the only match I didn't really vibe with was the women's match, but I think that's just because I think I think Athena is kind of a mixed bag. She's either like a murderer out there or she's kind of just the same. I mean, I've, I've, I've thought about her the same when she was on the Indies. The latter match was unfortunate uh, just oh. with, with Dante's injury. Oh. Um, but the cool thing about that is like, I mean, we were talking about it. Like you were saying it, there were several other people who, Oh, <laughs> Oh my God. I've got like an emergency family text thread and I got the notification from that. And I was like, Oh shit. It was my brother posting a TikTok. Oh my God. So anyway, 
<laughs> like I was saying, <laughs> we were talking about it and worried about Dante potentially being done for his career, which would be a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the sounds of it, it was just the bone that broke and yeah, none of like, like the really delicate like tendons. And... Is that not insane? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. I don't need to tell you when those bones snap mm-hmm. and you've got like fragments and shit and it's just like the ligaments and everything are hanging on by a like literally a string mm-hmm. like and stuff gets twisted like you're talking about like potential like lifelong nerve damage mm-hmm. so the fact that dante uh darius and tony khan tweeted like a thumbs up picture like <laughs> the next morning i was like oh my god uh apparently he's gonna be just fine and this kid, like a bouncy ball, he's probably going to be back in like two months. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 nine or ten months minimum. No, it's I know. I we're but... we're going to be seeing Darius yeah. flying solo for a bit. Well, his turn to to run that train, if which you... I'm excited for. I've always been a big Darius guy. No, it should be good. Um, my big. Picture... I'm trying to look at like the yeah. good side of this. My big picture thought coming out of the show was. I mean, no matter what, I'm watching the next one. The question was, could I justify spending, and this is actually what it costs in Canadian money, 65 bucks for the next one. Mm. Given that it was just under three hours, we know the stories are going to pay off eventually, but if they're not actually paying off at the pay-per-view, it becomes a more difficult thing when that's like a significant portion of my like bi-weekly entertainment budget compared yeah. to the other ways to, to watch it. So when I say, like, after the show, my knee-jerk reaction was, it's going to be tough for me to justify paying again. It doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it and still be excited. I will. It's just, can I... Like, I've bought every Ring of Honor pay-per-view since Tony took over. I've bought every AEW pay-per-view. I haven't done any of them the... Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at almost like... Away, but like 60, 70 bucks a month at this that's point. That's the thing. It's it's climbing up quick, so that's that's my big picture thought is can I actually justify investing that much into it? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that yet. I I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to keep an eye on because uh, I think we're, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the AEW stuff, but we're getting more shows, not less. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even with WWE, I I think their fans aren't off the hook either. And we'll get to that too. Like oh, yeah. WWE fans might be paying 70 bucks a month for their pay-per-views or premium live events. Get it straight. Well, they might have to um, change it back if they go to a pay-per-view model. Premium live uh, pay-per-view events. Yeah, you try telling Vince to change what he's doing, see how that goes for you. Um, but yeah, finishing my thoughts on the show, like looking at who's champion now, it's just like, dude, the embassy is trios champs rule. Looks like Brian Cage is sticking around. Seems like it. Um, we've got Claudio as the world champion. We've got Samoa Joe and Cassiura Shibata holding singles titles. We've got the Lucha Bros as the tag champions. Like, like I said last week on the preview, you want this division to have some star power, buddy. You got it. The Lucha Bros, like firmly in this division, I think is going to do them and do Ring of Honor mm-hmm. a lot of good um so like you were saying like if if i'm going to be thinking about buying the next show i i think i i need i need a card where i'm like oh my god i can't miss that um but yeah i 
I, I split the shows with my buddy and he actually didn't make me pay for it at all this last time because I was uh, I was probably not very good company. I was very tired. Um, but yeah, it's the price point is a real deal. And I'm really interested to see the numbers on this because what Tony Khan said, there's 15,000 subscribers yep. to Honor Club. You're going to need a lot more than 15,000 pay-per-view buys mm-hmm. um, to keep moving forward. And I would assume before the year's out, we have a TV deal for Ring of Honor. Maybe you just move the pay-per-views to only be Honor Club and it's 10 bucks a month. I don't know, but I, you're right. Tony Khan does need to get that price point figured out because wrestling is a niche audience and wrestling fans who want wrestling is an even more niche audience. So yeah, that's definitely a thing to keep an eye on. But yeah, Ring of Honor's fun, dude. I didn't watch the show tonight. I'm really looking have, forward to I it. I haven't watched it yet either, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. Who is it? Shibata Christopher Daniels yeah, is like Sh- the main Sh- event. Shibata, like, Shibata Daniels and Athena Yamashita are the two that I'm really, really curious to see. I, I Again, I need Athena to just be a murderer. Like, that's all I want from her. She's got to lay her shit in. Well, before we dive into the grand daddy of them all, on the independent side of things, what did you see this weekend? What did you like? What sucked ass? Um, I thought my favorite match of the weekend was Bailey Ibushi from Bloodsport. That one was a ton of fun. The knockout spot was really sick. Um, I really enjoyed Ibushi joey janela that was really good it turns out mitch i just really like professional wrestlers like kota obushi going (laughs) out there and wrestling fucking god forbid i get any wrestling on effie's big gay brunch i there were so many dumb shows there was dude i was only in it for like basically the matches that i previewed last week were like the only ones I was interested in. Um, I, I guess it's time for us to do it. Like well, another a monthly bi-monthly reminder that the Indies in America are totally fucked and there's almost zero star power on them at all. Um, let's see. What did I like? Nick Wayne, Jordan Oliver as tag team champions that was a really feel-good moment as much as i'm not a gcw guy like that's the right move for both of those i like that a lot um i did not watch any of the ddt stuff that involved a ton of butt play things i did not Uh, see the uh, ass centipede either but i heard about it bro um i saw some of the crowds for the circle six shows those were rough i feel for our dude kogar um might be time for him to pack that in soon but yeah i i don't know it i it just bummed me out because i was looking at this and i was just like dude the indies are dire it's so dire right now um oh can i guess what your favorite match of the entire weekend was sure was it timothy thatcher and josh barnett Oh, you nailed it. That totally wasn't the only match on the Bloodsport card I didn't watch. <laughs> I I only watched Ibushi and Speedball, and I just like I jumped out. I was just it, like I I was hoping I it was it. 
it was the first thing on Ring of Honor hadn't started yet. I had some time to kill, so I watched it until we got to Barnett Thatcher, and then I shut it off. (laughs) We are nothing if not consistent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about you? What was the stuff from the weekend that you really enjoyed? I think, I mean, Spring Break 7 was definitely like the show of the weekend for me between Wayne and Oliver, Abushi yeah. and Janela, and then uh, I really liked uh, Bailey Vikingo as well. That was really good. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bummed because I was hoping for best match of the weekend because those guys have that in them. But like, it was also like each guy's 20th match of the weekend. So I get it. I get it. So I, I liked that a lot. Um, I got some giggles at the dumb Yoshihiko spots. Those are always good for a laugh. <laughs> we like them, but there's people who do not like oh, them yeah. at all. Oh, I watched it. The only <laughs> Which thing makes I, me like it even more. <laughs> the only thing I watched from the DDT GCW show was the tag match with Yoshihiko and Chris Brooks against two random DDT guys I'm not familiar with. <laughs> It's so good with it. I felt bad for a doll. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't happened? know, we're talking about a blow-up doll a in literal Japan. doll, yeah. So it, basically, like, the reason that I like watching the blow-up doll wrestle is because the other person has to do literally all of the mm-hmm. work. And, like, it sounds really stupid. And don't get me wrong, it's really stupid. It's so but it's tough, like, but I Whenever you see someone like Omega or Kota Ibushi go out there and just like do really inventive mm-hmm. stuff and are able to put over an inflatable doll, it takes like, some serious talent. It, it's amazing. It really does. It's amazing. It's go out there and wrestle yeah. with a broomstick type mentality. It's like when you're a kid playing the wrestling video games and you get both controllers and just play as one guy and the other one's a dummy because the computer's too hard. Was that just me? No. <laughs> I mean, I I would have fun beating up like random people. Like, was it fun for me to play as Hurricane against a defenseless Brock Lesnar? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. I get it. I didn't actually watch as much of that stuff as I expected to. Um, I still wouldn't mind going back and checking out a couple matches from the Impact New Japan crossover and some of the stuff from Tokyo. I was really bummed by that show. It just, it didn't, the Globe Theater is really, really hard to film. And I, any New Japan, like America, how do I say that? Any New Japan shows that are run in America, I have major issue with the TV production. And I don't know if this falls on Impact or them, but I... I thought that entire show was fine and I know they had to change some stuff, but it was just not as cool as it should have been. I mean, like speedball Tanahashi was like (laughs) interesting, but again, it was just like, it wasn't neither guys like best. So that part was a bummer, but I thought it was good. I was thankful for spring break for sure. That takes us to the moment everybody's been waiting for. The granddaddy of them all, the two-night premium live events extravaganza. 100 million thousand strong packing the SoFi Stadium. It's WrestleMania! 
so obviously we're going to talk about the show before we talk about the big wwe news yes um why did something happen i gotta (laughs) fuck off i gotta i gotta tell you from my perspective um i did not watch wrestlemania live at all um and so like i said like it it by the time the show was over and everyone's celebrating, people were legitimately saying this will go down as the best WrestleMania show of all time. No hyperbole. This is the greatest WrestleMania show ever. And we get a night too. Mitch, people that we are friends with were like, this is awesome. AEW better fucking watch out. And so I'm like, okay, I'll definitely have to check this out. Um, I circled uh, Rhea and Charlotte. And of course, the tag main event. I was like, it seems like these are the only two I have to watch. Like everything else seems like it could be fine or dud. But I was like, okay, night two. Let's see what we get. And then I saw the clip leading off with Lesnar and almost. And I was like, okay. All right. Sure. By the time the main event rolled around, I saw people kind of kind of walking it back a little bit. They were like, okay, night two definitely nowhere as good as <laughs> night one. But when the American Nightmare, the prodigal son, wins this title, we are going to be looking mm-hmm. at the greatest WrestleMania shows of all time. Cody Rhodes fought so much adversity to get here, Mitch. I don't know if you know this, but uh, his dad's Dusty Rhodes. And uh, Dusty and Vince didn't necessarily get along. And Vince embarrassed his dad publicly and tried to ruin the legacy of his family. I mean, shit. He did it to his brother and he did it to Cody too. Who could forget Goldust and Stardust and made a whole mockery of his family. I mean, he did. really trying. Yeah. Cody left. He had enough. He's like, I'm better. I'm better than this shit. I'm better than this company. And he went out. People were making fun of him. He made the infamous list. He worked PWG. He worked all of the indies. He became Ring of Honor World Champion. Him and the Young Bucks put together All In. They they sold out an American arena, an indie show, something we thought was not possible. And on that show, he won the NWA World Championship, defeating Nick Aldis during his unprecedented run. He's, he's a multi-time world champ at this point. And then he turns around and starts his own promotion with Tony Khan, Kenny and the Bucks and Jericho. He starts his own wrestling promotion and Cody Rhodes single-handedly was leading the charge against WWE. Everyone else was like, no, we're just going to do what we're going to do. We're going to be an alternative. And Cody Rhodes is like, no, fuck you, Vince. Fuck you, Triple H. He took a sledgehammer to the throne. He decided to put over young talent so much. So he said, I'll never challenge for the world title again. 
Th- this guy made it. He's wearing his fancy suits. He's on top of the world. And he, he decides, you know what? It's time to go back. It's time to win that big one. It's the only thing missing is my championship win in the main event of WrestleMania. And Mitch, Cody left WWE. And he he did the things. He, he showed up and beat one of their top guys. He even wrestled with a torn peck for them. And then he came back and won the Royal Rumble. And he got that main event shot. And Mitch, our dude came out, kissed all the babies, shook all the hands. He gave his weight belt to Brody Lee Jr. This fucking company. Do you want proof that Vince is back? He gave you everything you fucking wanted. Everything. He was like, all you dorks want this on the undercard? Fine, you got it. But you know who's going over in the main event? Roman Reigns. We're going to be growling his name for another 1,000 days. They fucking made Cody Rhodes lose in the main event of WrestleMania. And I cannot tell you how happy I was when that happened <laughs> to see the fucking dismay of the internet wrestling community be like, but, but we thought WWE was good again. They got you guys. You took the bait hook, line and sinker. Am I rubbing it in your face a little bit? Maybe. Cause Mitch, I know you said it too. You're like, this is awesome. This is great. I, I might be the only person who was like very skeptical of like, ah, I don't know. Wait, we'll wait to see. We'll wait to see. How do they fuck this story up so bad, dude? So bad. It's not like Roman's going to outpace Bruno Sammartino and hold on to the title for another decade. What are we doing? This is insanity, bud. So yeah, I I love this. Are you kidding me? I'm over here enjoying my all elite wrestling and watching Kota Ibushi work the indies and Ring of Honor having an awesome show by every single metric. And then fucking Cody Rhodes gets his dick kicked in in the main event of WrestleMania. Chef's kiss, Vince. Mwah. Good good shit, brother. Keep keep going. Keep failing upwards, my guy. How do you fuck this story up? So I think you've left off a couple very important details about the show as a whole here. <laughs> first, first and foremost, we have to let it play out still. The story's not over. I let mean, it play out! Did you, fuck me! I don't know if you noticed. They pulled out every single trick they had during Cody Roman. They did everything. There is nothing new to pull out for. I it's hated all that match. there. I absolutely they hated did it. Everything. They did all the interference spots. They brought the other guys in. They hit every finisher. They kicked out of every finisher. They multiple the times. Dust- they did the dusty play off the Superman punch. They did the figure four. They did like they left nothing on the table. Like we taught like Omega Okada one left stuff on the table for two, which left stuff on the table for three. No, yeah. they pulled it all out. And there's no going. Like back. that's the only match that they'll is ever the have. Only match you can have because nothing 
There are no new things you can layer into that story. By their standard, you can't top the match that they just No, absolutely can't. I don't even know if those two would be capable of topping the match they had just left to their own devices beyond the finish. Like, they, they did everything they possibly could. There is nowhere to go with that. The other major thing you left out of WrestleMania was the surprise appearance of Shane McMahon popping his fucking quad on a leapfrog. Against the Miz. Against the Miz. Bro, I can't with this company. Like, <laughs> I if if you're into WWE, by all means, I bless your heart. Enjoy it. Enjoy what you enjoy. Another McMahon popped his quad. <laughs> but watching this from afar, I'm just like, dude, to have Shane come back and then immediately <laughs> blow up his leg against the safest wrestler in wrestling history like the miz is like as as <laughs> safe an opponent as you can mm-hmm. get because he works incredibly soft on purpose like by design he takes pride in this literally safer than working against the ball bro i uh i got nothing for you i oh so the stuff that i did enjoy um probably uh, my favorite match out of the show was the Walter Sheamus McIntyre match. That was awesome because again, that's just what I want out of out of shows like this is wrestling. Um, I don't know. I'm not even that jazzed about Steen and Generico winning the titles because I'm like I've I've seen it in multiple of the promotions. It's cool that they did it in front of all these people, and for them, it's their first time. That's cool. Um, I like that one women's match where Charlotte got dropped on her fucking face a bunch. Um, I mean, I think that was the best single women's match they've ever had in that company. I can't think of anything that really tops it. The only thing I can think of would be Candice LeRae and Io Shirai in NXT had a had a couple really solid ones. No, I mean, there's that Bailey. don't Moment say the Iron match. Woman match. No, no the the uh, the NXT one, the Brooklyn one, between uh, Monet and Bailey. Yeah, not the the Iron Woman one. It was good. Is that the one? That's the one everyone loses their shit for. Yeah, right? that's the one everyone loses their shit for. I like that. I mean, it was good. I think this was better though. Yeah, but do they have a month to plan it out? No. So anyway, um. I don't know. I mean, I I had the benefit of just watching all of this after the fact. And I was just like, dude, I hate their TV production. I hate the way that they quote unquote tell stories. They're not even telling the Roman story right. What the fuck? So, okay. Do you remember how like JR would talk about Triple H? Where he's like, oh, you son of a bitch. This guy sucks. All he does is cheat to win. Roman Reigns wins because someone in his family came out and hit Cody in the head. And then we're immediately like the legendary reign of Roman continues. Not for like one second addressing the fact that like this guy's defended the title and won six, like cleanly what like twice, three times during this quote unquote historic run. The WWE fans. 
hear me clearly when I say this. They are treating you like you are stupid. This isn't like you should be mad. You shouldn't be saluting Roman Reigns. Like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Ah, uh, this is so beyond frustrating. And I wasn't even like committed to the show because <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm insane. Like, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. Night one, I, I loved. So many things over-delivered, and by the standard, I it hope was fun. Too, it was fun. It was, night one was one of the best ones they've done. Because if you look back at some of these cards, you looked at the card for WrestleMania 11. Was that the one that was posted in our Yes, Discord? that was the that one, one that was, was fucking rough. Like, that is some, that's the standard that you have to hold, like, I mean, there, to that, this was, the number, night one was one of the best they've ever done. There was a stretch where it was like every other year they had killer ones. What was it? It was like 17, 19, 21. Like those are all really fun shows. I think spreading it over two nights just really hurts. And I, I don't know. I, I would watch those shows before I watched this show ever again. I don't know if that's crazy. All of that aside, I've Mitch, I've got to tell you my favorite thing from WrestleMania. So I'm watching this video where uh, we all know Ray Mysterio. Um, his son's been a little shit head to him for who knows how long. I, but he like tells his mom that to, to like shut up or something. And then Ray's like, no, you do not talk to my wife like that. I'm going to kick your ass at WrestleMania. And they show this this video of how Dom's actually been to, to Auschwitz. I mean, I, where Dom's been to prison. Um, I'm not making a joke. They showed footage mm -hmm. of Auschwitz, which is like, again, this fucking company that's going to sell for almost $10 billion just pulled more of this Nazi bullshit. So anyway, that point aside, Alleged Nazi Vince McMahon um, signed off on this um, because it, it was this is a blood feud between father and son. And I'm like, OK, all right. A, a serious match. We'll see how this goes. Fucking Rey Mysterio comes out in a lowrider with Snoop Dogg and has a giant cinnamon toast crunch luchador behind him and is like high-fiving people like this fucking blood feud between father and son was sponsored by cinnamon toast crunch and played a clip from auschwitz <laughs> like footage showing auschwitz ctc had to be real happy with that the news what the, the news made it to like to germany like they've They've talked about it. They're like, this is, this is not a, you can't blame this on an editing error. This is so embarrassingly unacceptable. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So, if you're looking for a reason to stop watching this company, and boy, do we have an entire episode of, for you. Um, let let's really look at the 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 guy that runs the place is uh an alleged 
very well-known sexual predator who has a kink for Nazi memorabilia. And uh, it's all okay, though, because it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch is here, so it's, it's, it's all fine. This was a fever dream, my dude. Like, I... I don't know. You you want to talk about it being one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time? If you add in that, I uh, I agree. <laughs> Give me another WrestleMania where Cinnamon Toast Crunch paid to play and accidentally showed Auschwitz footage because this is that is a Mad Lib that's like almost too controversial to say out loud. So as long as we're we're playing games here and going on these Mad Lib journeys, Raw on Monday, the first hour is entirely commercial free. Marketing wise, seems like a reasonable call. Raw after Mania is supposed to be a big deal. All the surprises, let's keep them for the whole hour commercial free. Commercial free, Jake. In that first hour, how many minutes of wrestling occurred? We haven't fucking gotten to the news yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. We'll okay, okay. How okay. many minutes of wrestling occurred in the first hour of commercial-free Monday Night Raw? Um, man, I'm gonna say under ten. But you got to think about alternatively, how many minutes of sports entertaining did you get? You know, it's kind of like uh, checks and balances here. Mitch, how many minutes of wrestling were on Monday? One minute and 41 seconds. Whoa. One minute. Whoa. There was one squash match for a minute and a half in an hour of commercial-free television where Hunter came on (laughs) and talked for a half an hour with the announcement that there was no announcement. I just saw the clip of him doing the tagline and i thought that he just came out and said that promo he no. talked for half an hour it was like 20 30 minutes it was his big state of the union announcement address and he said nothing the this was everything staying the same there was a minute of wrestling jake dynamite is rated this week's dynamite is rated as 8.91 on cage batch 8.91 if you oh, i saw in, i saw the raw. you don't get to 10 Oh man. We gave them a nine point head start and it doesn't add up to ten. Dude, I uh fourth lowest rated event in cage match history Monday's. We gotta we gotta get to the news. How? How is this company fine? Fine, rip the band-aid, share the news. Well, I mean, I wanted to do this an hour ago. (laughs) This is like this is the biggest story in wrestling history. But I've played the song and dance. Now that we've shit all over everything, it makes it even funnier now. <laughs> Where we've added a little bit of context. I don't know. Part of me just wants to fucking do dynamite and then just not talk about the news at all. <laughs> like, oh no, we covered that on a, a previous episode. Y'all just didn't listen. <laughs> Go back and re-download them all and have everyone you know re-download them all. Um, well. Dude, let's do it. Let's get into yep. the news. 
I'm so excited for this because we've been talking about this Mm -hmm. the entire time we've had this podcast. This is the biggest thing that's ever Mm -hmm. happened in wrestling history. And the ramifications of this will be really fun to watch play Mm -hmm. out for the rest of this year. Yep. And it's, it's not going to close till the rest of the year. Um, Endeavor. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Endeavor, the group that owns the ultimate fighting championship is merging with World Wrestling Entertainment, the valuation for WWE came in at I think nine point six billion approximately. The uh, <sighs> WWE stock, following this news, has hit a near all time high. I don't know what it closed at today, but today yeah, it's April, been a, it's it's been a little bumpy because it it means a multitude of things for their shareholders. Yeah, but it, it spiked um, from about eighty four to almost ninety eight bucks within twenty four hours of the news breaking. I mean, I know it's I know it's high as hit three figures i'm very barely barely it's like 101 or 102 or something so it's like we're nearing the all-time high with this news um the merger is happening endeavor did it the exact same way they did it with ufc radio silence and then all of a sudden whoops we bought it news conference coming the next day Vinny mac goes to that new news conference he's literally a walking caricature at this point um the irony of this is all Vince wants is to be taken seriously as a not a wrestling businessman. Like that's his life goal. That's his mission yeah. behind selling is to be taken seriously as a businessman and not a wrestling promoter. All I see on every network is people laughing their ass off at the goddamn mustache this man showed up with. Yeah, but I mean, seriously though before before we move on have uh has anyone checked in with ariel hawani to see how he's doing you noticed about three or four days before the the sale broke suddenly he uh was walking back a lot of this stuff heaping some more praise on dynamite i never said dynamite wasn't the better show you literally said if we didn't think raw was better we were lying he knew really, it was really quick. Did you watch the Ariel Hawani Cody Rhodes interview? I where, like, started it. I couldn't. I tried. I really tried. I couldn't. I couldn't make it through. Cody is just as sick of his shit as we are, and it was fascinating to watch. I literally um, couldn't finish it. Yeah, he's just like trying to go down on Cody Rhodes for the entire interview, and Cody's like, "Dude, whatever, just stop, go away." I did laugh at Kevin Steen meeting Ariel. That one gave me a laugh. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm oh, sure it was, it was, it was like a two-minute clip, and Kevin's just like, yeah, he said some pretty bad stuff about me over the years, and Ariel tries to laugh, and Kevin's just like, no, I ain't fucking around. You said some bad shit. Like, we're not friends. <laughs> oh, that sounds doing? just like it him, was too. awesome. Well worth seeking out the five-minute clip of that. Okay, I'll take a look at it. Yeah. Um, But yeah. The... <laughs> oh, man. Quick trip down the side road aside. Um, this news is absolutely massive. And, um, so to break this down for people from everything that I can understand, WWE did not sell for 9.6 billion. That's how much they're currently evaluated for. So the sale doesn't go final until the very end of the year. And at that point, the stock, or was it the market price for both companies will end up deciding how much the company is worth overall because yep. they're apparently they're forming a new mm-hmm. company, yep. which is going 
temporarily, maybe permanently going by TKO, which is such a rad name. Like, dude. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we'll see. Because there a lot can go wrong between now and December. This is Vince McMahon we're talking about. He's He is playing really high stakes gambling right now like he's he's going to play his hand and even though they pulled out what was it like a 0.76 or something like that it for raw insane. it was a monster number everyone wanted to tune in and they were not rewarded with it so if people keep tuning in to watch for some fucking reason they'll be just fine but then you, like you said, you look at cage match and the people who actually like watch the shows are like, this is bad. Vince is in charge of creative, like full blown. You like, saw that night two. That was the switch. That was the change. Night two, Vince took over clearly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think Triple H's booking sucks too, but I, I do think Vince is worse, but let's be real. Triple H isn't all that much better. If he was truly in charge of creative this entire time and this is all he did with it was bring back like Top Dollar and Braun Strowman, like, let come on. Anyway, that that's not on you. I'm just saying, like, as a whole, people are just like, oh, Triple H, he should have been Booker of the Year. It's like, dude, dude, what are you? Anyway, um, this news is absolutely massive, and the all of a sudden the TV bargaining is going to be a lot more interesting. Those deals have to be amazing because there's no other cards to play. Literally like their evaluation will be how much money they make long-term and you know, a 10th of their income comes from the Saudi government. So that that's also a very volatile situation given their past relationship with Endeavor. It's going to be really interesting because honestly, I think this puts Fox back on the table. Yeah, I think it does. Um, Universal is going to have to pay a ton of money to keep it on USA because that entire network is built around the three hour rating. They pop for raw. I, I don't know, dude, like all of this is so fascinating to me. And for the first time I'm kind of caught off guard I'm like flat-footed here. I can't tell you what's going to happen next or predict it. Like we're in a really volatile market here in the States. And it's just like this, this could go sideways very, very quickly or fuck it. They could be evaluated for like 20 billion by the time they end up like who fucking knows. But the Venn diagram of people who enjoy wrestling and the UFC are they don't really overlap all that well so on one hand it's like yes you're like diversifying your portfolio but also you have like ufc fans think that wwe fans are mentally challenged and you've got wwe fans who think ufc fans are stupid and barbaric so like i you want to talk about volatile like I know they're going to try to like piggyback weekend events where it's like, Oh, you know, UFC's here on Saturday and WWE here's on Sunday. Like they're going to try stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I don't know when the right time to walk away from the table is going to be, but 
how amazing would it be if Vince McMahon gets all the way up to a $9.6 billion evaluation and then the empire starts to crumble? You want to, that's like the carniest shit possible. And I hope that's the road we go down. Um, unfortunately, this means there's going to be a bunch of layoffs. Tons. Tons. They, what was the phrase that the uh, the Endeavor guy immediately, did? immediately cost, said? Cost synergies is yeah. the phrase he used. They were immediately talking yeah. about cutting. That was like things. the first thing he said cost synergies. So, um, losing your jobs. That's going to mean a lot of office people. Tons. Which is insane because they're already running on a skeleton mm-hmm. crew. Um, this is going to get really bad. and I don't know. Like I said, I can't predict what's next. And part of that is exciting. And part of it's also like kind of scary because I'm just like, I don't know what any of this means. Um, this affects how much AEW can get from Time Warner. Mm-hmm um there's there's so much that's still on the table and i don't is it just me like do you have a feel on what's next no i am basically waiting because vince mcmahon pulled off a miracle he pulled off a miracle i'm waiting on pins and needles to see who's all getting fired because it's going to be a big a big number Basically, everyone that Paul brought back oh, from yeah. a talent perspective. And a few of the other ones, too. I think there are some lifers that are going to be, be cut loose. Uh, if I'm Bruce Pritchard, I am sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. If I'm Regal, I'm shitting my pants right now. If I'm Triple H. I'm just saying. I. Who would you say is safe? Uh, Roman. Austin Theory? <laughs> Honestly, kinda, yeah. <laughs> he seems to be his new chosen pet project. So I'm gonna say Roman Austin. Do you think you think Vince is grooming the child groomer? Yeah, those two. I think Charlotte's safe. And that might be my entire list of truly one hundred percent safe. It's I think oh, Brock, I think you're gonna sorry. Well, yeah, Brock. Forgot about it. Yeah, well, I think that is the list. I think the funniest thing out of all of this is just like um, someone, uh, my buddy Matt, pointed me towards uh, Facebook comments for this, and well, WWE fans. Those, but all right, do what? I said mistakes were made just reading those, but go on. I don't know, dude. There's WWE fans who are like so. Does this mean that they're going to be fighting each other all the time? Does so this means that Roman Reigns and Conor McGregor are fighting now, right? Now, admittedly, I do think that is going to happen at some point. I think Conor's done. Yeah, is that why Cody game. lost? <laughs> I think Conor really is going to cross over. We're... He can't fight for shit anymore, so they got to do something with him. Brock Lesnar is the fake UFC champion. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this company. Uh, apparently, there's another major announcement on SmackDown tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they didn't say announcement this time. They were careful when people realized that the announcement was no announcement. It was just Triple H is going to ad- address Do damage again. control? No, damage control is probably getting fired. Um, 
Who's damage control? It's uh, Bailey's faction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that match. Woof. Uh, anyway. Yeah, dude, I don't know. This is like, I'm kind of like shell-shocked because this is the biggest story in the history of pro wrestling. And it's bizarre because it's not finalized. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got eight months. I mean, that's how these things work. It, it takes time. There's a lot. Like, the real work for them begins now that they've agreed to it. Yep. Now's when they actually get down to brass tacks and figuring things out. Do you know what my favorite part about this is? Vince McMahon has a boss now. And I cannot fucking wait to see how that plays out. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, that's all I've really got to say about that because we're probably going to be talking about this in perpetuity. <laughs> yeah, this is this is going to be a frequent thing. By next week, we'll have more news on it. Um, I don't want to spend much time on this. Rick Steiner and Vicky Guerrero are in a heated battle this week for who can be the biggest shit stain in a twenty-four hour period. Um, you can. Look I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Vicky. On I think this Vicky took it. Yeah, I mean Rick put up a hell of a fight, but. Well, man. okay. Well, all right. But <laughs> please don't clip this. Let me defend Rick Steiner. Um, this is an older dude who gets he's gotten dropped on his head a lot. The stuff he said was very reprehensible, but like, how upset can we get at the carnies? You know. I mean, this is a dude that used to sodomize people in the locker room. This isn't new behavior. Well, when you put it like that, I'm just saying... How do you spin that into a positive way? I'm not trying to spin this in a positive way. I'm saying... sexual relations in the locker room. No, 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 (laughs) no. What I'm saying is, given this guy's past, now that it's been brought up, what, what did people expect? Did people expect Rick Steiner to be an ally? Like, what are we doing? I think they were just hoping for anything short of actual public harassment. But, <laughs> like, that, that was my, the bar. It was set My overall low. point is, so I'm not really defending him. What I'm saying is who gives a fuck what Rick Steiner did? Like, this guy's been this guy. Like, what are we getting upset about? Vicky Guerrero, like, publicly humiliating her daughter after her daughter said that her stepdad like forced himself on her is is rough is really really rough and then so it's one thing to do that publicly it's another thing to go on social media and make multiple posts about it to like countless people like that's that's brutal dude she did the first one and it got so much backlash she edited it and her solution to win back the court of public opinion was to insult her daughter even further than she did on the first one. That was the strat- old strategy. Cotton, let's see how it plays out. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's gone now. AEW is done with her. Oh, um, her contract wasn't even up and they already pulled her off the roster page. She wasn't yeah, technically supposed to be free till July. Yeah. I, all of it's just a bummer. Um, and I think that's the hard part too, because whenever you see a mother like openly and willingly to that degree talk shit about their child is so reprehensible. 
like as a new parent i'm just like dude i could never imagine talking about my kid that way are you fucking kidding me or if i did i wouldn't broadcast it out to millions of people psychopath but yeah uh <laughs> what else you want to talk about all right well let's uh before we get into dynamite and because honestly i i can't seg you segue you no. in any direction right now no i'm gonna start launching my weekly women's wound up um couple interesting things happened this week start on the most controversial uh the tessa blanchard rehabilitation project is underway in full swing now yeah um, her and la rosa negra who is the one that Tessa was originally rumored to have said some uh, very racist things too. Um, they appear to have reconciled. They both posted a photo together and were basically like, you know, we're both ready to move forward and, you know, move on from this and kind of embrace. So it seems like things are smoothed over there. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for Tessa, but the very first hurdle of like the original catalyst that brought this whole ship down, there appears to have been a mended fence there. So that, that is news. You said she's going to be up in your territory soon, right? Yeah, I'm going to, she's coming down here in about a month. So within a month, I will, I mean, I don't know who she's going to be wrestling and we don't have a huge scene here. So it may be a little tough to judge the match quality, depending on the caliber of opponent, but I should still get a vibe of, where she's at in ring right now yeah because i don't know if she can go or not still um there was a minute there where she was the what was it she was the first woman to hold the impact yep. world championship That's when it all came crumbling down i'm i'm not an intergender wrestler fan by like any means i i think it's it, it it's hard like the one exception i had was like candace but even then it was just because she was really nice <laughs> and i like I, i'm a fan of hers but like yeah i i i thought she was really good <clears throat> i i didn't know if like that act is gonna work anywhere else but i mean what she's been on ice for five years been about four years now yeah holy shit so we'll we'll see what happens but that that is kind of the update there i've watched uh a little press conference for Julia and Tam Nakano and stardom. And I can't remember another time seeing someone blade during a press conference. So are when you Ma serious? Oh yeah. Like they, they came to blows and Julia beat the shit out of Tam and Tam. Please bladed, send me and... that clip. I've got to watch yeah, it. No, it's, it's awesome. Like John Moxley is seeing that and going, okay, Tony, we got to talk like how did I get <laughs> punch on this one. Um, so that was, that was kind of badass, and it's going to be a sick match. Um, my other project when I couldn't sleep last night for no apparent reason, I just was wide awake. I rewatched Tony and Jamie Hayter from Full Gear. Having rewatched it and rewatched Lights Out recently, I will confidently say Tony and Jamie was so much better than Lights Out. It's not even close. Are you talking about the Brit Thunder, Brit Rosa? Thunder Rosa? Yeah. I, I think that was just like the shock and awe. Yeah. That it was 100%. like, oh shit. Yeah. We like, went they're there. Doing it. Yeah. And yep. I mean that match did much more for Brit than it did Thunder Rosa. Yep. Um but yeah, no, I'm 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 yeah, cool so saying that. I just I just yeah. rewatched this match and I kind of watched it. I was like, I knew it was great the first time I watched it, and I said I was pretty sure it was the best women's match in AEW history. Rewatching it last night, I, there was no doubt in my mind. It, it now, played back better the second time around, even for me. 
or third or fourth at this point. Who knows? <laughs> Didn't Nyla and Sheeta had a uh, a match during the pandemic that was really really good? Was that yeah, the double had, or nothing? I think that was double or nothing. They had one really strong one. Yeah, I that one still for some reason really stands out in my head. That was when Sheeta won the title. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Um, but anyway, so like all pandemic things, it's hindered, hindered by the pandemic crowd where it's tough to even judge. But if you can have a match like that in front of no crowd. Oh, yeah. No, um, so having rewatched Hater and Storm, are you now on my side about being upset with all of this, uh, with them being involved with Paige, basically, oh, and being pulled into her orbit? story. Doesn't that story. make it so much worse? No, I hate this story so much. I, I'm a fan of almost every woman in that story, and I can't wait for it to be over because okay. they are. Well, but oh no, I got a while. I know. I'm pretty sure it's going all the way to uh somewhere that we'll talk about very soon. <laughs> um, no, I think we're in it for long haul. But I do not enjoy that story. I like the women involved and can't stand what they're doing with it. Okay. No, no controversy there. I, I have a feeling if I watch that match now and was like, well, what's Hater been up to since this computer is going out a window? Well, on that note, let's get to Dynamite. <laughs> she was on Dynamite. It's almost a segue. Let's get to it. Hey, I mean, dude, like I said, you're the <laughs> you're the lead for the dance tonight. So we'll, right. uh, we'll get to it. So we open up. And if this wasn't the immediate, like, I don't know if I should, like, signal, I guess, to anybody, the opening match is set to be Juice Robinson against Ricky Starks. If you know anything about Tony Khan's booking with Dynamite, he always wants to start off with the hottest possible segment. I would say the most important yeah. segment His starts the show. from day one has been the main event starts the show, whatever it is. The main event is not the main event. The actual main event is whatever opens the show. He wants to capitalize off yep. that big bang lead in and he wants to start it off as hot as possible. So when you put Juice Robinson in that, um, your spidey sense should be tingling that something's not quite as it seems. Tony wasted no time. in Well, before before later. we get there, Tony or <laughs> Tony, Tony knew exactly what he was doing, putting Ricky Starks in the first segment. Again, we're on the international feed. He got a huge pop. Ricky is so over. Yeah. Ricky Starks is over, he dude. Is a star. Uh, I'm really hoping that they run back him versus MJF again this year because, oh my mm. god, I you could probably put the world title on Ricky Starks this year, and I, I, I could buy into it. There, there are ways you could make that happen. But yeah, let's let's get to the big thing in this segment. Mm-hmm. Ricky does his entrance. We suspiciously don't announce Juice, which I thought was weird. Before the bell even rings, we hear... Oh, no, his music is cut off. Yeah, He's still, like, getting into the ring. Ricky is, like, on the the ropes, like, kind of celebrating, like, showing off to the crowd. We hear Bullet Club uh, voiceover and immediately hear Switchblade's theme start. Less than like a minute into the show, and we get Switchblade, Jay White, is all elite. I know. Yeah, uh, I didn't think this was going to happen. I assumed that Switchblade was 
WWE bound. We'd kind of just said that for months well, now. We have a certain mustache fellow to thank because by all accounts, <laughs> the big thing was he didn't want to go back if he thought Vince was returning. Or sorry, didn't want to go there if he thought Vince was coming right. back. He wanted nothing to do with that version of WWE and seems like he saw the writing on the wall pretty quick there when uh, I assume when Vince Vogel yeah. back into power that's probably <laughs> the AEW deal started to come together but I'm I'm slightly optimistic about Jay White here because I think he's going to be crucial in the build to Forbidden Door mm-hmm. um his interactions with the Elite and Adam Cole are going to be very interesting um the thing that has me worried is his in-ring. If he relies on a lot of the same just wasting time to get by, like just to fill the match, I'm going to hate it. I am. But this dude's capable of cutting absolutely amazing promos. Like I've seen it in person. Mm-hmm. He's he's a very captivating person. And for those of you who have never seen him melt down after a New Japan loss, it's like sometimes it's better than the match mm-hmm. he just had. Like desperate Jay White is is so interesting to me. And this establishes, I mean, you said it yourself, the beginning of his theme was still Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. We're getting Bullet Club in AEW. Um, and I know we're getting at least him and Juice. So who knows? Maybe when the good brothers are cut next week, they'll uh, they'll be back. Uh, what, what's the what's the the gimmick he does on BTE? Is it Sugar Boy or Sour Boy? Sour Boy. <laughs> oh no, we got a problem. We got a problem. Literally the best thing any either of them have done in their. Career. I miss Carl. Uh, Gallows can oh, stay home, but yeah, Sugar Boy is uh is the yeah. best. I'm just calling him Sugar Boy from now on. But uh, yeah, dude, we got a uh, we got Jay we got, White. We got Jay White. I was relief might be the thing I felt more than anything to know he didn't go to WWE. I mean, but... once you once you laid out the case for him in WWE, you talked me into it. I was like, so, yeah, he would he, he would fit. That, that, I really thought. Uh, thank you, Vince, for coming back. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if it wasn't for MJF, I would say put the title on him. Because he is the top heel. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that him and MJF stay miles apart. Uh yeah, this could be a ton of fun. Speaking of a ton of fun, we move on to the trios title next. Uh House of Black does spooky black entrance, and the best friends have the sec the biggest return in AEW history. Sue is back and drops them off in the van. I- Dude, uh, so this was one of the last things I saw before my power went out, and then I had to like redo the show. Uh, I was so bummed I couldn't watch the show live. Internet just was not holding up. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, WWE fans got a 38-minute Triple H promo, and we got Switchblade JY and then Sue driving out the best friends like dude this this rules Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'm i'm with my people the match itself was really good um 
chemistry between Orange Cassidy and uh, Buddy. Buddy is insane. Was really good. They were working fast, dude. Like faster than the camera mm-hmm. could keep up with. Um, I still think the star of the act is Brody King. Yeah, and and it's like not close. Yeah. Uh, the stretch with him and Trent towards the end was truly captivating. Um, I just <laughs> Malachi Black can go fucking kick rocks. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I have no use for this guy. Like he's replacement level right now. Like you could replace him with I, I mean fucking name someone on ROH, the uh Vincent, fucking oh, replace oh, him no, with Vincent. No. I'm. I'm Don't Mitch. With Vincent. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. No, no not Vincent. Yeah, you Things know I'm right. That. I just want someone who's not gonna like do all the spooky shit. Like I want someone who can go in ring. The trios champs. Like, what has Malachi Black done in a trios match like so far? It's like fucking nada. He like. <laughs> takes a back bump and then rolls out and then shows back up at the end of the match. I don't know. I I'm out on Malachi black. Give me more Vincent. <laughs> Fine. Just give me more Brody. How about that? Give me yeah. more Brody King. Oh, next match on the card in a rare first hour appearance. So they have been notably moving the women around on the card a lot more in the last two and a half months. We have Jamie hater going over Riho in a match that got uh, got some good TV time. It went about 12 minutes. Notice Jamie Hayter got this match placement. Yeah. Oh, when you absolutely. Have, when yeah. you have someone to showcase, mm-hmm. you don't put the women on second to last segment. Nope. Or people get mad at that spot. The real spot to get mad at is when they main event. Yeah. Because that tanks the number. Unless it's like a blood feud. Yeah. Like, the thing is, uh, it's not just the women that struggle to hold in those two slots. Like The earlier on in the show the women get, the more confident Tony Khan is in them. Yeah. And this was a really good match. Yeah. I'm still not a big fan of Riho. Um, but, dude, they had great chemistry. They did. And Jamie Hayter working like a hoss in this match was mm-hmm. really fun. So I, um, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I really, I really, really like that. I think, uh, I think I go as far as to say match quality. It's my match of the night. Oh, you. You can't be saying shit like that when I'm trying to yawn, my guy. You're going to give me a stroke. Wow. That is uh, as okay. Right, as of right now, Cage Match is agreeing with me by a large margin. Okay. Almost like three quarters of a point ahead of any other match on the show. All right. Let's keep talking about the show. You might be able to talk me into it. Yeah. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I oh, really no, I know. It. Yeah. It's uh, huh. next. We've got Sammy Guevara over commander. I really enjoyed this match. Like this one. I, I think Sammy, I'm, I'm still a little bit worried about in ring quality. And as far as setting up and timing things out in the main event of a pay-per-view, that does freak me out. The finish was botched. It was supposed to be a cutter off the top. He kind of like loosely bulldogged him. That's such a hard spot to time, though. Um, 
this wasn't Commander's best match in the States. But it was good. Um, it was really solid. Damn, dude, you might be right about that women's match. Because, like, once I start comparing it, like, one by one to the other matches. Yeah. Yeah, that's not as crazy as I initially yeah. thought. But, yeah, this match was really good. Um, you, you skipped over the MJF brouhaha. Oh, was that before this? I thought that was after this yeah. match. Okay, no, we'll jump it was, back to it. It was I got that. My order mixed up. That's okay. It was that, and then Jungle Boy attacked yeah, him, and yeah. while they were being separated, Sammy made the entrance, the match. Yeah. which I was like, that is that was dope. perfect. I That's like peak that. ECW yep. stuff. Um, but yeah, we don't have to talk about that. I did not like the MJF segment. That's just me. 